It's a dead-end job for me. It's the lack of self-confidence for me. It's the self-doubt for me. It's the inconsistency for me. It's the not knowing your worth for me. It's the selling yourself short for me. It's the not having a passion for anything for me. It's the not having a passion for anything for me. You made it. You accepted my invitation to come on this journey with me, as you should. And this week, we are going to be talking to the love of my life, my favorite person, one of the most passionate people that I know, Ren Warren. Hopefully, Ren will be able to give us some insight on having a passion since this is one of the aspects of my journey that I struggle with the most. When will my eureka moment come? What is it that I'm missing that is holding me back from finding something that to be passionate about so respectfully get in loser we're going journey <laughs> yo yeah so <clears throat> we actually have a lot to talk about i yeah. feel really excited so let's just jump right into it same same i got a lot of thoughts my thoughts yeah we because we've been watching girlfriends all right, so tell yeah. me. Oh, why do I have to start it off? All right, well, first and foremost, uh, I want to just um clarify. So right now, we're on Girlfriend Season 6. So for anybody watching, if you're watching along with us, we're on Girlfriend Season 6. The show is dope. Honestly, there are... Nothing is going to age well from the 2000s, but and obviously there's going to be some problematic shit but the show is dope <laughs> it makes us good points facts facts yeah. facts especially in regards to what we have to talk about today which is passion and just what it means to be finding your passion that entire journey and what it looks like and how it can look so different for so many people um from different aspects i never even thought about looking for your passion in a relationship i never thought of that and that actually just like highlighted that for me too. I've mentioned that before. In our discussions? Yeah. I mean, this is something we talk about like all the time. I know, but I never thought of it in reference to the podcast and this whole idea of finding a passion. It never occurred to me of what that looks like in a relationship, especially a committed relationship and looking for a passion while you're while you've been in a relationship for quite some time. I never even thought of that. So what do you think what do you think I'd be talking about when I'm like you're a passionate person? <laughs> what do you think I think you'd be talking about? <laughs> no, seriously, that's what I mean. Yeah, like you're passionate overall. I think you have passion. You don't nah, lack I thought passion. You were talking about some no, shut up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. It's just I guess having watching it on the outside mm-hmm. kind of just brought it home for me. Like, oh, okay. Looking for your passion while you're in a relationship is also a totally other avenue of also just trying to find out who you are and where you're going. Yeah. Because obviously you, someone else is on that journey with you. You know, not, well, you know what's funny? I feel like recently... I know that I have a passion, but now I'm thinking, can I, do I, what else is there? Like all this talk about what passion is and what it does for me. I'm really starting to think that 
maybe there isn't all th- this isn't all there is. Well, talk to me about that because you know they don't know. So talk to me about you know what passion is and what it does for you. Um, what passion is and what it does for me. Pa- you know what passion is to me. Passion is passion is when you have a commitment, and and it involves love. It's with something you love. That's it. I feel like it it doesn't have to be a career. It could be something you do. It could be taking care of someone. But it it must involve a commitment and it must involve loving that thing. I think that's a beautiful definition. I think that is definitely in line with my definition. Because my definition of passion is the thing that motivates you on a daily basis. And you're right. It doesn't have to be a career. It can entail other people. It can be just you. It can be something that serves you financially. It might not. But it has to be a driving force in your life. Yeah. And you have to love it. Yes, absolutely. So now that we've cleared the definition out of the way, we know what passion means to us. How does your passion serve you? No, you said it. Like, it gives me a sense of purpose. I think that's what I was telling you earlier about, like, you on your search for passion. Really, what I think you want is you want you want meaning. You want more meaning in your life. You want, you have passion, but you want to connect it to something or what's the word I'm, I'm looking for. Um, I don't know, be a channel. You want to, you want to con- connect your passion. You want to connect to something with passion. Absolutely. I think when you were telling me that earlier, I, I thought of, I was telling you my favorite YouTuber, Rushcam, he made a statement and he was like, my biggest fear used to be not living up to my potential, which also used to be one of my biggest fears. But now his biggest fear is living a life without purpose. And immediately I was like, oh man, that hit the nail right on the head Mm -hmm. because I think that is my biggest fear. And I feel like the two go hand in hand. Living a life without purpose to me feels as if you're not living up to whatever potential it is that you might have. Right. Because you know how people always say, Oh, we have the same 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily agree with that because there are all sorts of channels and things that may hold someone back that won't hold you back. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, systemic political classes, whatever you want, social, um, barriers that Mm -hmm. somebody may have that you don't Mm -hmm. whether it be trauma or family life physical mental setbacks that you may not have so i don't necessarily next person right? right i don't necessarily believe in this term we have the same 24 hours but what i do believe is that we do all have the potential to be purposeful and i believe we all have the potential to do something with meaning and my meaning 
may not be the same as your meaning. So your potential and my potential does not, what, what looks like success to me may not look like success to you, but that doesn't matter. That's okay. I'm trying to implement that's okay into, oh fuck. (laughs) I'm trying to implement that's okay into certain areas of my life. I'm trying to be more kind to myself because I realize that the more that I look for this passion and the more that I fail Mm -hmm. at finding something that serves me is the meaner I get to myself. And I'm Mm kind of just like, oh, well, what's wrong Mm -hmm. with you? Everybody else has something. And of course, you know, we're always looking at everybody else. But everybody else has something that matters to them. What are you doing? Right? Right. And I'm trying to be kinder to myself. And it's part of the reason why I'm trying to break down these misconceptions is I'm trying to be kinder to myself and not try to fit myself into this perfect 30 package. Mm -hmm. Because really what I've done is I've given myself two years to be the perfect person Mm -hmm. or to become the perfect adult. Mm -hmm. And that makes no sense. I'm going to tell you right now, in two years when you turn 30, it ain't happening. no no not the way not the way that you're 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 saying not this whole by 30 package that you're talking about like i wish but that's the first thing let's talk about the culture here because the culture here doesn't you don't first off go let let's go back to when when you were talking about everybody's um socioeconomic setup that's number one now i i wish that everybody could have it all by 30 i wish that you could plan life just like that saying here's what i want here's what i don't want this is what i'm going to have by this date and time and when i'm going to turn 30 i'm going to have all of these boxes checked that happens for some people it doesn't happen for everybody and it to be quite honest it'd be kind of weird if it did because that's not how life works you know what i'm saying it's not it's not i don't think it's a realistic view of life even more so now as human beings as we evolve and have more technology and make greater advancements and have more knowledge like you understand what i'm saying it's it's Life is complex. It's, it's yeah, too complex everything, for Yeah, <laughs> everything's not just black and white. Right. And check this box for yes and check this box for no. It's not a freaking... Um, what are those games like becoming human? And, right, um, right, right. Before dawn, you know, where like... The Sims? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like you check these with Bit every... Deci- or let's bring it all the way back nostalgically and be like an Arl Stein book where you right. know choose this page if you want this ending right right and you know by the time you get to the end of the book you're like yeah i made the perfect story right but like, you don't he, even really know what was on the other page here's only here's two roads here's one option and then here's no it, it doesn't work like there like that the 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 culture here is so also the culture here is so invested in inward in outer creativity sorry we are so, I'm not to say that other places don't care as much as being artists and writers and and poets and actors, but and I'm saying we, creators. and content creators and YouTubers, but we, we really love that here. And I feel like when, I think a lot of young 20-somethings, when they hear passion, 
that's what they think about. They think that it's got to be something, um, those YouTube commercials where you see this guy and <clears throat> he has his ear pods in and he's sitting on a beach and he's like, this can be you. Right. You know, I, I work wherever I want from whatever country I want. Right. And, uh, you're still sitting at that nine to five job. Right. And then you, you know? find out it's some multi-level marketing shit <laughs> <laughs> or some Forex. I know what you're saying. Damn. But, um, <laughs> no, I'm saying it's not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, that, that is just not for everybody. We, we all can't be on the stage. Who's going to be in the audience and we can't all looking at the people and enjoying the people on stage. Right. 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 So I just wanted to say that first and foremost, you know, it's, it's, it's unrealistic. And when we, when we talk about passion, we're, I'm talking about the whole, the whole package of it. When I mean passion, I'm talking about, um, a, a mother who, takes care of her kids somebody who um takes takes care of their mother somebody who's passionate about something that they do that's not even going to make them money yeah i definitely agree with that i think <clears throat> i think this notion that and i think it's our generation onward that has this notion that we don't want to be stuck in these nine to five under somebody's thumb, making somebody else rich mm -hmm. fucking jobs. Like we want to have passion and we want to do something that we're passionate about, whether it is for financial gain or not. I think if you can find something that you love to do and make money from it, whoo, you've cheated the fucking life algorithm. <laughs> like you're, you're in there, but if it's like, I always say, if you're doing a nine to five and you're also doing your passion on your own, you know, that you're doing that nine to five, five to fuel your passion. For instance, if you were to do a nine to five, what that would be fueling is, you know, the, you Get, know, the, getting yourself liquid for the, the gallery really shows, love. the transportation mm -hmm. to the gallery shows, the art supplies, the canvases, all of that. So, yeah, sure, you can have... Your nine to five is a side hole. <laughs> exactly. That idea of, you know, when you're in a relationship or you hear somebody say, oh, well, he's with you, but he's really thinking about me. Basically. So that's the thing. Like, you're at the job, but what you're thinking about is that thing that you can't wait to go home and do or that thing that you do on the weekend or, you know, anything else that this nine to five facilitates that is what you're really passionate about. And I think that's my issue. I mm -hmm. think I don't necessarily have a problem working. You know, I like the structure of having a job or a career, but I want something that drives me. I want something that gets me up in the morning that I'm like, Oh my gosh, like this is my thing. You want that flow state. That's what, what artists call it. A flow state. It's when, you go in the studio, you get in the studio, and you start working. And at, in the very beginning, say you go in the studio at 9, and you're working, and there's this feeling of like, oh, I'm working. You're, there's an awareness there, like, oh, yeah, what time is it? Oh, I've been working for half an hour now. But when you get into it, every, you disappear in it. 
you you had you enjoy it so much it is so meaningful and you just kind of get lost in it and then you know on those on those days I look up it's like oh shit it's five o'clock now like where did the day go like oh god I really want to finish this that's the feeling that I chase and that's that's what made me want to stick with making art I know exactly what you mean exactly that is exactly what I'm looking for I'm looking for something that I can drift away into that Mm -hmm. when I'm doing it I don't even care what time it is or who's around Mm -hmm. you know like that's why I keep likening it to a relationship because it's almost like that kismet like that aha moment that moment where you know you see that person that you're in love with and everything just fades away Mm -hmm. and it's just you and them (laughs) you know what i mean like that's what i'm looking for in in terms of of something Mm -hmm. you know i want you just want to love love what you do i want to live laugh love yeah facts live laugh love (laughs) like i just want to live laugh laugh, love yeah and yeah and i i guess it just kind of makes me sad when i see of course you know because of social media and other media like movies and tv shows like we'll get back to the whole girlfriends thing like when i see people living out their dreams and to me of course you're not seeing the back end you're not seeing the struggle you're not seeing how they got there and when you ask people they give you that bullshit answer hard work and determination Mm -hmm. of course yeah sure but tell me about when you were sleeping on barbara couch and tell me about when (laughs) you know you were living paycheck to paycheck or tell me about when you know now your kid is graduated but tell me about when you had to sit down two o'clock in the morning and go over vows with them because they just couldn't get you understand what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like tell me about the struggle don't tell me hard work and determination you know know what what i mean you know what i can't stand though we all know that that's not the way like that's not the way that's not the wave it ain't to to look and see what others are doing deep down we all know this that that's not going to get you any closer to your dreams that's not going to make you feel any better so why why do you continue to do it the thing is why does anybody i'm saying in general why why do does any why do we continue to do it is but what here's I'm the thing i think what it is is not that why we shouldn't do it but it's how we use it mm. so i feel like there's a difference between comparison and inspiration mm-hmm. so i can look at for instance you inspire me on a daily basis with how you are with your passion mm-hmm. i only hope to want something so badly You know what I mean? Like, I can only hope to want something so badly. And there's a difference between me being inspired by that and me going, oh, man, like, Ren has this thing that consumes them and makes them feel good or that they're able to just think about constantly. Why can't I have that? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's how we use how we look on others. So you always tell me comparison is basically like the death of creativity. It'll straight up murder it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I feel like what we need to do whenever we're looking at, you know, if we're on social media or whatever, you see these people who you maybe look up to or maybe you're envious of or whatever, instead of comparing our lives, because, again, we don't all have the same 24 hours, in my opinion, 
if we were to use that as an inspiration to um, change one thing about where we're at right now, I think it would be more substantial or more beneficial than sitting and wondering why not me. Mm -hmm. I think those are, um, that's an excellent thing to have by 30. If you're going to have, if, if you must have something, you should have an awareness of yourself. Um, you should know what, what toxic behaviors you indulge in that keep you from growing and how you get in your own way of yourself. Those are all good things to have by 30. I mean, as long as well as, you know, handling finances and stuff like that and, and knowing how you learn. Yeah. But we'll, we'll cover that stuff yeah. along the way. But yeah, definitely knowing your toxic traits and how you get, Oh my gosh, how you get in your own way. Like we've actually been, like we were talking earlier about the whole girlfriends thing. Like that is actually something yeah. that you learn a lot about on mm -hmm. that show is how you can be successful and self-sabotage and get in your own way. And I think I know a lot about self-sabotage. I feel like I'm constantly subconsciously looking for a way to just fuck my whole shit up. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm not, I'm dead ass. I do. I do the same thing. I mean, even with this podcast, I swear every time it's time for me to record, I'm just like, oh, my stomach hurt. Oh, mm -hmm. my back hurt. My head hurt. My eye hurt. What's the term that you use I for that? I hurt. <laughs> <laughs> What's the term that you, you told me one day that was, um, what did you call it? Self? Sabotage. No, it's another word. Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. I like that. That's a better, that's a better description of it. Yeah, definitely. It's yourself resisting the I it's it's the initial resistance of any sort of success mm -hmm. just the idea that you could be better mm -hmm. you're automatically going to resist that before you're actually going to produce the human mind is phenomenal babe it's phenomenal the, no really the way the way you can sit here and say yo I want this so bad for myself and self-sabotage or get in your own way or be so indecisive and procrastinate. And procrastinate. <laughs> it is. I feel like that's the biggest uh, means to self-sabotage mm -hmm. is just procrastinate. It's the easiest way. Yeah. And just... I got a PhD. <laughs> <laughs> PhD in that shit. I, I know how to procrastinate in ways that y'all could never... Y'all could never... I procrastinate the procrastination of the <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm serious. Unhealthy stuff, man. Unhealthy stuff. Passion passion doesn't know nothing about that. It doesn't know anything about Because you're just ready to go. Yeah. You're just it, ready it, to go. I feel like it shouldn't. I feel like it shouldn't. If if if, it's if you, you are, really it's want. fear, yeah. But here's the thing. I was just about to say the fear is a form of self is a form of procrastination mm -hmm. and it's a form of resistance. So even though it's something you're passionate about or that you want to do so badly, the fear will stop you and the fear will not only come in internally, but it will come from the naysayers and the people who are going to downplay your idea. Mm -hmm. Like I have this friend who 
I would consider a successful entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And oh my gosh, the amount of times that I've seen people just count him out or downplay his idea or just tell him it's, you know, his industry is too saturated or something. And oh man, if I could have an ounce of that dude's confidence. Mm-hmm. Because he just. Never he just do it, gives right? A damn and right. He just does it, right? And whatever he touches, just money, right? You know, and I'm just like, I'm always floored by it because he doesn't allow anybody to tell him or instill that fear in him mm-hmm. that's going to keep him from his success, mm-hmm. and he just he just does it without any fear mm-hmm. and always gold. It always slaps, so. Like, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that the thing about having a passion and the thing about getting to your passion is also overcoming that fear. And I think fear is a big thing for me. A a huge fear I have is a fear of rejection. And fear of rejection has kept me from doing a lot of things. And it comes from years of having these ideas that, you would think would be supported by people who you care about who have kind of just put me down in a way that has made me go, you know what? Mm. This is not for me. You thought she was doing something. Mm-hmm. And people who you expect unconditional support from putting your idea down. Oh man, that's like the biggest demotivator for anything there's things that i would just never look at again Mm -hmm. because i'm just like somebody told you once yeah in fourth grade (laughs) yeah some ugly snotty nose you know kid was like no not even not even if it was just bro if it was just kids because we know kids are mean and kids are stupid (laughs) right we know that and if it was just that but i'm talking about the people who you you expect unconditional Mm. support from like i remember back in the day well let me stop shaking this table shaking the table but i remember back in the day passion (laughs) (laughs) i remember back in the day i had this zine back in the day zines were the shit like everybody had a zine and i was gonna do one i had these articles and comics and everything and i had this comic that i created called the orange heads Mm -hmm. i thought it was dope and i drew it up and i had my little I mean, it wasn't professional or anything. I was trying to recruit my friends to do it, but nobody cared about it or was as interested as I was. So I was really just doing it all on my own. And I drew it up and I had my little comic strip and I showed it to my grandma. And not once did she go, this is a good idea or... She chewed apart. Yeah, she just started to pick it apart. Oh, why this man so Mm ill-shaped and his head not proportionate to his body mm-hmm. and what kind of foolishness is this? And I don't get the joke or whatever. And I'm just like, all right, well, this is a dub. And I just dropped it, never finished it or anything. Who's to tell I couldn't have been the youngest zine editor in Jamaica or some, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. even, you know, to go further than that. I remember when writing has always been a, a passion of mine when I was younger and The reason probably why I don't write today is I remember my mom was an avid reader of all things fiction. She has like a collection of books upon books. And I had decided to graduate from writing poetry, which was really what I love to do and to start writing fiction. 
and I had this great idea and I wrote it. I had about like a couple of chapters and I was like, if anybody's going to find this good or, you know, give me the thumbs up for this is going to be my mom. And I gave her my chapters that I had written and I told her to give me some feedback. And when you're a kid, you're not looking for constructive criticism. You're looking to be told that your idea is good. You're looking for that unconditional support. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And my mom acted like she was from Penguin Publishing. She just (laughs) ripped that shit apart. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she was like, "Uh, I don't get the concept. It seemed like gibberish to me. Mm -hmm. It didn't make any sense to me. You won't know who never write nothing again. Like I didn't even take my hand to fiction ever again. And even with poetry for me, it wasn't even... That was me self-sabotaging myself with poetry because once I moved to New York and I was introduced to slam poetry, I started to look at my own stuff like, ooh. I started listening to people like Kai Davis. But it was already set in then. Yeah, of course. By then I was already aware of this fear of rejection that Mm -hmm, I have mm -hmm. and the fact that I was ready to just call things quits if I didn't get any positive right feedback but this is what i'm talking about that awareness you have it yeah you have it you are you are aware that in your childhood (laughs) (laughs) that's that's not what i meant i'm saying like you you were aware that you had an experience when you were a child and it's it's it got stuck in your psyche and you bring it up as an adult as a as a reason of why you can't do so now that you know that you have that self-awareness why you can't go back to writing again Mm, because that fear is still there yeah so even though i have a self-awareness of it even though i'm aware of it that fear is still there Mm -hmm. the fear of being rejected if i can be rejected by those as i said who i expect unconditional support from imagine the world who doesn't not that my family owes me anything but imagine the world who has no investment in me or who doesn't really give a damn about my feelings Mm -hmm. Imagine what those right. people, how those people will rip me apart. And that's can that my Teflon chest poor, I talk about. feeble heart handle that? Right. No, because I don't have no Teflon chest. Mm. I'm a little bitch. <laughs> 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 I mean, think about it. When I started, I did a, that five minute intro for the podcast. How many times? To the point where I threw my shit in the garbage and you had to fish it out. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I'm. Listen, you you want not built for this. No, no, you want to talk about that. You know how many times I've been in that studio tearing shit apart. And yes, y'all, I'm I'm very cliche and stereotypical right now, but I have moments where I throw canvases and punch holes in canvases and all of that stuff. I have those. That's the passion. <laughs> it happens sometimes. We're human. Yeah, it does. I feel like I have the opposite problem. I've, and I really don't want this to come out the same, the wrong way, babe. But I feel like what my some of what my issue is is that I have a um this this idea of just perfection, and that everything's got to be so perfect because I didn't have that growing up, and I had everybody tell me, "Oh, this is good, this is great, this is great. You should be able to do this. You should be able to do that." Oh, I know that you're going to be able to be in a gallery, yada, yada, yada. And I feel like because of that, it was, it was too much and it was unrealistic. 
Like I didn't have anybody go here. Here's what you could work on. No one gave you a dose of reality. Yeah. That now I'm like every, I'm, I'm, I know. And I know I, I, there's no such thing as perfection. I know that, but I have this issue where I just do over and it's not good enough. And I chuck it in the garbage and I feel vulnerable and, I don't, I won't take pictures of the work and I won't share it with people or, you know, there, there has to be like a, a healthy medium where you, you, you got, you got to be able to take constructive criticism, you know, and at the same t- time, not hear, um, just the faults. Right. And I think now that I'm older, I am aware of I can pinpoint the flaws myself mm-hmm. and then I look to those around me to kind of be that healthy medium. Mm-hmm. So like when I have decided that my intro is garbage and then you come along and you're like, hey, that's just the fair talking, you know, try again. And then I did try again. And at the time of this recording, I'm at like 50 listeners, you know, mm-hmm. and that's awesome. I, I appreciate every one of you. And if it were not for me kind of getting to that low, I couldn't have gotten up and tried again. Mm-hmm. And it's cor- Oh, God, that sounds so corny. But we so- fall down. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like sometimes you do have to hit that. Like, you don't have to get to rock bottom. I hate that notion that you have to get to rock bottom because, excuse me, the only way up, the only way to go is up or whatever that Mm -hmm. notion is. But I feel like sometimes we do have to be comfortable with falling down. They say to get better at ice skating, you have to taste the ice and then you stop being afraid to fall Mm -hmm. because you've done it. So in order to facilitate any sort of, to even come close to any sort of perfection, you have to fail. Yeah. And once you've tasted the failure, you stop being so afraid of it. Or once you come close to it, because I feel like I had to put the intro out to know that I could do it. And then once I realized that, hey, this had gotten some reception, whether it be good or bad, then here we are doing another one. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like, ah, does that make any sense? I don't even know if that made any sense. No, but it really does. and truly, like you just have to, you have to taste the ice. Yeah. And then get back up and just try again. And that, well, when you, I'm going to make a comparison, but when we look at people that have that fuck it in them. That's exactly what they do. They they work, they do it, they just do. And they keep doing. And then they don't, don't get stuck so much on of, you know, analyzing it and breaking it apart and wondering what people say. That That's afterwards. That's after they've done it, and then they can, you know, come back and look at it and say, well, here's what I need to <coughs> correct or change. Right. But I think what's really interesting are these episodes of um, Girlfriends that we've been watching. Definitely. I feel like they've been so insightful and just 
coincidentally so on the nose with what we're talking about right now. Right. Just the way that these different characters view passion. Um, There's one character who had a stable career, a promising career, but only had that career because they thought that that was what everyone thought they should do. Mm -hmm. And by actually following her passion, by actually deciding to follow her passion, she quit that career and did exactly what it is that she wanted to do and failed. It was actually, you know, crumbling, but was able to turn that around by being flexible and adaptive. And that's important too, learning what it is that works for you, Mm -hmm. I think is very important as well. That's a lot of people's story right now. Still, still at the job or still in the career that they thought that they wanted to do or that their parents suggested that they did. And finding out now that your heart and soul is not in it. That might have to do with um, coming out of high school and just being catapulted, you know, right into a school, right into college. Like, and you're you're a bum if you don't. <laughs> if you if you don't if you come out of high school and you don't go right into school, at least within the next year, then you it's not going for you. You don't. It is so important to take time off so important to to kind of find yourself a bit more because god knows high school you ain't it ain't happening you're not you're not finding i mean you know simple stuff but you really get into the all that stuff we talked about earlier about learning knowing thyself all that stuff i feel really starts like after high school oh absolutely every aspect of your life really like I know when we're in it, in the moment, it seems so vital and it seems like everything. When you're Mm -hmm. in high school, everything seems so dramatic and so definitive Mm -hmm. and end-all, be-all. But really, when you're in college, that's when you start to realize who you are, um, who you're shaping up to be, what your friend group looks like. What it is you want to, that's where you figure out what it is you want to do with life. So to many, be honest, I feel like for me, it's the last five years. <laughs> the last, no, really. Some people take longer than others. I feel like for the last, you never stop learning about yourself. Well, you that's know? true. But the last five years for me have been like the most like, damn, you really have some belief systems that do not serve you. Bro, who you telling? <laughs> <laughs> it launched the whole podcast for me. Right. <laughs> Right. The idea of. But that's what I'm saying. When you start, when you start college or whether you go to college or not Mm. around that time between like 18, 19, that's when you really start to shape this idea of who you are. And just because you 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 start to shape it doesn't mean that is who you are, because some people don't come into an awakening of what they want or who they are sometimes till their late 40s, Mm -hmm. you know, There's people waking up today 
next to their husband of 30 years and realizing they're gay. Like, so life comes at you fast. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, like we said, it's not always black or white. And everything isn't definitive. And who you are is never should never be definitive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just like you were telling me about your mom and where she was at when she was our age. And that's... Right. Yeah. I know you have... I know your folks have... That's kind of a little bit where you got it from. By the time they were 30, they had, you know, things going for them and their life was set up in a way that they were a little comfortable by 30. I feel like everybody's idea of comfortable is different, but when you ask my mom what was the best, you know, what were the grand years of her life, she'll tell you is when she adopted me and, and raising me as a kid. And that wasn't until she was 50. So I don't know what Francie was doing at 30. I mean, she for for you to say, yo, when when I was 50, that's when like I feel like my prime years were. You, you didn't have you didn't have it by 30 maybe you were what was she doing traveling I think she was traveling but my mom she she didn't there was no husband you know um job was job that's that's the only way I can describe it or the way that she describes it to me is it, it wasn't a career it was a job and it and she did what she had to do and it paid the bills and it's time goes on i feel like what's happening is this this generation is just like no i'm not doing that exactly we have this mindset where our generation and the ones after us as well we just have this mindset where we don't want to be <clears throat> our parents or our grandparents we don't want to live life after retirement yeah that's that's a great revelation though yeah it, it is um, to look back on your life and be like, oh, well, now it's time to live. Yeah. After you've given 30, 40 years of your life to someone else. The, the well, Listen, I tell you all the time, the way I see it, you have, no matter what you believe, if you don't, you know, if you believe that, you know, when we die, that that's it all and done. Even if you believe in reincarnation. Right now, you only have one existence as can. Candace Grierson living with Ren Warren who owns a cat and you know mom is Magonia and you only have one existence as this person this is your only experience as detailed and you know why would you want to waste it doing something that you don't love doing something that's meaty ochre and having this mundane day-to-day existence you know what i'm saying i think that's why it's so important for me to figure it out i think it's like i said it's my biggest fear is to be me be live a mediocre life live without purpose just to be mundane and i think that looking back not even looking back, but looking forward kind of scared me a bit Mm -hmm. because I was thinking, what is there to look forward to? Because you're just doing the same thing day in and day out. And you don't want another 
decade to pass and here you are regret we're filled with regret mm-hmm. filled with this not even necessarily regret but a resentment towards that, yeah. myself for not having done anything mm-hmm. with myself mm-hmm. when i'm not i'm not at a loss for uh what am i trying to say i'm not in a position where i'm not able to do it i don't want to label anything because you know everybody is different so whether you know you have certain limitations they might not hold you back from living a meaningful life so i don't want to you know put any options out there but i don't have any limitations that i can necessarily think of that hinder me from living a more purposeful life mm. oh that was wordy but <laughs> no i i understand yeah i just so i i didn't want another decade to pass me by without really kind of figuring it out and putting it together and do it you know just doing something going back to girlfriends and talking about some of the other characters like that one character who had like a bit of a breakdown because she couldn't figure out what it was that she was coasting right it was it was like she wasn't living purposefully and she was kind of just like going with the flow and that's good (laughs) you want some of that but i think it was a little bit too much and she kind of had a breakdown because she was lost and then she thought it was about over a man and it wasn't even about a man it was about lack of I wouldn't say passion. I would say in her circumstances of maybe like um, specifically committing to anything. And she lacked the emotional intelligence to understand that exactly what her issue was. So sometimes it's that. And what Lynn was like 34. She has to be 34 in the show by the time she realizes that. And I think, I think, Watching this has also kind of helped me. I know it's fiction, but it it's helped me kind of understand and break down this misconception that I have about what it means to be 30. Because like you said, she's like 34 mm-hmm. around the time that she figures this. And this is not an original story. This is somebody else's story somewhere, somehow. Mm-hmm. Who Someone who has a, it's my story you know mm-hmm. it's somebody who's coasting right. and doesn't really know what they want to do and is trying to figure it out and while trying to figure out figure it out is you know dibbling and dabbling and jumping and driving i don't know <laughs> I, I i was gonna say i think while watching it i think i realized i i have my own i still have like my own thoughts about what 30 should be like because when we started the show the main character we we find out that she's a lawyer and she's junior partner and and I had to reflect <laughs> on my shit and look at myself and I was like damn you know she's you know got a stable career and you know I want that and then you look deeper 
into her life as the show continues. And you're like, some of these women be doing some ass backwards shit. <laughs> so we're, we're, it's, everybody's different, you know? If you, you, you might be missing emotional intelligence, but your career is on point or your career is on point, but the relationship is stable or the relationship is stable, um, isn't stable, but maybe, I don't know, your finances are, you understand what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I really wish we could have a lot to be a well-rounded. Yes, it does. It does. (laughs) And I think that's why I wanted to focus on these things individually because there's no one quick fix all mm-hmm. uh, i don't know like there's no one-stop shop for all of it you really do have to break it down and figure it out little by little and also take a look at what it is that you believe which of those beliefs aren't serving you and readjust your thinking in order to come to some sort of understanding. Mm -hmm. And if not, like I said, you won't be able to be kind to yourself because you'll constantly be putting yourself down because you have these unattainable goals for yourself. Or, um, and, and realizing where they come from and where they root from, as you and I talk about all the time, all of the subconscious things we've picked up from our childhood and understanding why there's a lack of confidence or why there's um, self-doubt, why I'm inconsistent, why you don't know your worth, you know? Mm. That's an important part, I feel, personally. I feel like a lot of this is mental and it, it involves conditioning at the end of the day, you know? So with that knowledge of the fact that you may sometimes be inconsistent or that you are conditioned to uh, want perfection in your work, how do you combat that when dealing with your passion, with when dealing with art? Um, so you know that side of yourself that tells you that you can't do or that you're not creative or you're unintelligent or this is a waste of time and it's not good enough and there's 20,000 other people doing it better than you you got to learn how to work with that person and how I work with that person is sometimes I just tell her to shut up yeah that's what I do (laughs) I tell it to shut up you have to well I what I do but how I feel art making works, you have to know when to take a break, when when it's right to take a break. And it's when, it, it's it's not when you feel that way. And it's, it's not when you feel like you have a, what you call artist's block or writer's block. That doesn't work for me. Because you have to create consistently all of the all of my favorite artists and if if i look back at their work there's what's what's gold is that they're consistent and i could tell you right now there's there's some of them make make shit sometimes <laughs> no seriously some of them make shit 
and but they they produce they they're consistent and that's how creativity works you you find gold in a hundred of them not make four and then expect those four to be a fucking magnum opus you understand what i'm saying right so i would say that and then the the moments i do walk away is when i'm getting frustrated when i'm when i'm you know that's just me <laughs> but when i'm punching a hole in a canvas or something. Sometimes I get, that's, I'm going to be honest. That's how I get agitated. That's what happens when I get agitated. And that's when I know, all right, I'm just going to take a break and I find something else to do. But really that's what it comes down to. It is, it's knowing thyself and knowing how to work with your fear, that fearful side of you who tells you that, you know, the negative Nancy or whatever, that, 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 overanalyzes you know that keep keeps you from doing from being great because you have the potential you know how did you know you had the potential like how did you come upon your passion i decided it there was people ask me that all the time. I literally there. It wasn't like, oh, I'm naturally good at this. I mean, I was, you know, good at it at, at a young age, but I actually decided it. there were there were a lot of other things that I was into. I had to find myself, you know, I got to a point in life where I was like, is this all there is? This is like you're so obsessed with art making and you identify with it so much. There has to be something else. So I dabbled in a little bit of something else and I went into education I found out I was way too, that made me angry. I didn't, <laughs> I might've been good at it, but it, it, it wasn't enough passion. It, like it wasn't angry passion, you know, like when I'm in the studio, it wasn't that kind of anger. But, um, I thought about being a barber for a really short period of time. And I thought about interior design and I was pretty close and already had like some of the skills needed for it. Um, but I really feel like what started me, what started art making was like a way to communicate when I was a little kid and it kind of just stuck with me and I kept coming back to it. Um, even in my early twenties, when I tried to do other things is like, it was like my little obsession and I couldn't, you know, do, I couldn't do anything else. Um, but ultimately I just decided that this is what I wanted and this is, this was going to be the thing to give me purpose and meaning in my life. And that's how it happened. I chose it. It sort of chose me, but you, you kind of have to choose the thing too. So how would you encourage late 20 somethings like myself who are on this journey of searching for it? How, what are the things to look for? When you're trying to find it. Mm. Don't. Don't look for it? No, don't. Just don't look for things. Don't. I can only tell you this from my perspective. I'm, I, I, w I was blessed to have something and have it a little easier for me. 
So I don't know. I, I don't know this um experience of kind of like having so many things and none of them just being it for you. But if I could, if I did, if that was my experience, I would tell myself to be patient and that passion comes at any age. And I've heard many stories of people being well into their 60s, finding something that they fall in love with. It could come at 35, but I would be patient for it. And you know what happens when you want something really bad, you know? You want it too bad. You it don't says, see Haha. it. Right. <laughs> um, but if there were signs, I, I like I told you before, it's something it it'd be you'd get into the flow state. Whatever it is, if it's something like that, it's it's the thing that makes you melt into time. You know, you, you forget that you exist. You, you, you forget about the, I know this sounds like really corny, but that's really what happens. And I know, I know there's, there's people who like, who are listening, who might like make music or something. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. You get into that place where you, you're, you're not aware of your body so much and an hour feels like five minutes for me. It could be different. You know what I'm saying? Every, every, I feel like people's passion, the way, the way they exuberate passion is different. And, and like I told you before, I have moments where I punch things and that's the passion. <laughs> that's it too. But, but mainly that's what it is for me. It's, it's the love and the commitment and the flow state. So be patient and try Try, try to forgive yourself for not having one, even though you're 28 years old. And that's all they wrote, folks. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you for sticking with me on this journey to 30. And hopefully you'll join me again next week as we continue to talk about passion and have some other folks on to talk about it too. So pick you up next week.